Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, so this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's only about 20 minutes long. It's just going to be a little bonus supplementary type episode. Um, It's some audio that we isolated from the recording session for episode six in which we had a a decent discussion on the situation with J.K. Rowling and her position on trans rights. And it was super important to us and obviously very, very close to our hearts Um, So we wanted to be able to put it out there and share it with anyone who might also hold this situation close to their hearts, Um, but it just didn't fit well with the episode. So um, without further ado, here is bonus episode one on J.K. Rowling and uh, just a little bit on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Thanks. That's followed her worse than sexual assault has followed a lot of male actors in the industry. Oh, yeah. You mean how most men who are criticized for committing sexual assault just kind of fade away and then have a career again a year later? Interesting. Except for Johnny Depp. Poor Johnny Depp. See, okay, I made a point on Twitter the other day that what happened to Johnny Depp, while I'm pissed as fuck about it because I I knew from the beginning because I had remembered that Amber Heard had a history of abusing her previous significant other... Uh, but uh, while I never believed that he abused anyone, I still was like, well, we need to give this due process. Like there needs to be like an investigation done into her claims so that we can see if they are true and he needs to be prosecuted. And, oh yeah. Like I don't disagree with investigating it. I just feel bad for him. Exactly. But what, (laughs) what this goes to show is that when you give due process and when you actually take the effort to investigate these serious claims then the truth comes out like you get the actual truth of the matter and that's what we're i think we should be trying to accomplish when we say believe women we're not saying like oh take them at their word and throw the man in jail just because she says that he hit her you need to investigate it's don't just say okay honey yeah it's like (laughs) we we can't be either way we can't just be believing women 100% or believing men 100%. Every single claim needs to be investigated. And I fully believe that this, what happened with Johnny Depp is sort of a victory of the system because it shows that because they collected the evidence that proved that Amber Heard was the one abusing him, it actually had the real truth come out. Um, now Amber Heard went on record, not on record, but she was quoted as saying at one point to Johnny Depp, like, see if they believe you. If they say, if you come out and say, I, Johnny Depp was abused by Amber Heard, if anyone ever believes you. And that makes me want to drop kick her into the sun because male domestic abuse, like women beating their husbands is a very real issue that like doesn't actually get talked about a lot. It just kind of gets swept under the rug because it's emasculating and yeah other men find it preposterous that a woman could ever abuse a man yeah i guess the overarching thing that we're trying to say is that you should believe women to the point of actually performing an investigation and making sure that you get down to the root of the matter so that the truth can come out i'm not you ever noticed that our podcast turns into a hybrid of reviewing twilight and discussing 
critical analysis of current events. Well, it's almost like <laughs> what happened in Twilight and the message that it sent had an incredible ripple effect that is super relevant to everything that goes on in the world around us. Stephanie Meyer, you wrote a cultural impact. That's basically what you, all you did. Unfortunately. As did J.K. Rowling. We don't mention that bitch on this podcast. Never was I happier that I didn't actually read the series and I've only watched it multiple times. I was one of those people <laughs> who was like really invested in the core concepts of the series, like the idea of like the houses and the magic and stuff. I only ever read the first four books and I only ever saw movies one, two, three, four, and eight or seven part two or whatever. And uh, I always- Fire Emblem Three Houses did it better. Yeah. I always pretended to be super into everything, like all of the stuff about it, like the characters and stuff, even though I kind of had no idea. I was more into like the the identity side of of Harry Potter versus like the actual characters yeah. and story and stuff. Um, but J.K. Rowling rearing her ugly fucking transphobic head in these recent months has made me um, regretful and angry. And like I wake up every day just ready to be fucking pissed off at this woman who built a world that so many people escaped into as children and now is feeling the need to tear it apart. Stephanie Meyer was a woman who had a romantic dream and she wrote a saga of books that were misguided, yet in her own mind and in the minds of many other people, extremely romantic and beautiful and well-written. And then she fucked off and did her own thing and lived her own life and... She has not caused the kind of uproarious fucking anger that J.K. Rowling, who created one of the most impactful and important fantasy stories of the last 30 fucking years, has now decided that she is going to come after some of the most marginalized and vulnerable people in the fucking system Stephanie Meyer is a better author than J.K. Rowling. I said it and I meant it. <clears throat> I saw, I read through only part of one Twitter thread and it was just J.K. Rowling throwing out claims about trans people. So, which not only don't have, didn't have evidence, but like I've heard the claims before and they're, they're literally the opposite of any trans experience that I've heard of and the opposite of how the medical community works. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, but I have this trans friend that agrees with me. And I'm like, okay, either you're tokenizing your trans friend or your trans friend is fucking Uncle Tomming so hard that I'm going to come find them and shove their head into a blender. Yeah. The it So her main argument and this is like super off topic, but I we we said a little while ago that like we weren't going to get into this kind of stuff on this podcast, but as a podcast that is technically doing literary review, I think it's important that we stake our position in the world of like literary discourse that is currently like plaguing the entire internet. 
the she, her main claim is that people are overprescribing hormones, transition is too easy, and that there are many people who are being forced to transition by the system. Now, first of all, most of her claims joke. Her her claims are all fucking bogus, but looking specifically at facts taken from the healthcare system in the UK where she is getting almost all of her quote unquote information from the wait list for beginning a transition for beginning a transition is 46 months in the UK if you're bad at math that's almost 4 fucking years you're telling me that you think it is too easy to transition from one gender to the other in the UK when it takes almost four years to even start. It is 20 months to get in to see a specialist. 20 months just to see the specialist. What are you talking about? I've had so many discussions with people in the trans community online, because I don't associate with other people in real life. What would you? <laughs> that um, where... Basically, the the general consensus is the only advantage that the American medical system has right now over the European medical system in terms of trans care is the fact that there are informed consent locations that you can go to in the United States because a lot of the times you are waiting years for treatment in European countries, which is... Ex- it's not only extremely difficult when you are somebody that has something like severe dysphoria and you have to, you know, live with yourself every day, but when you, the longer you wait to transition, it's different for everyone. Some people can transition really well later in life. Some people aren't as lucky, but statistically speaking, the earlier you transition, the better your chances are of passing convincingly which is what any person that's transitioning is going to want to do nobody wants to be seen as identifiably trans or not the gender they identify as and so having to knowing that you have to wait years to start the process is just extra burden on top of what you're already dealing with i was lucky that I happened to find a clinic in the area that we're in that not only offered informed consent, but actually a lot of places will, while they technically can do informed consent, will choose not to anyways and still require a bunch of different letters from therapists and psychiatrists and stuff, but that actually honored the system. Mm Mm-hmm. And even in the U.S. where that can be an option, it's not always, it's not always uh, the reality. And there are people still that spend years going to therapists and to their general practitioners and stuff who, despite being in the medical field, will go against the consensus within the field and resist giving them the help they need yeah which is i like the fact that we allow medical professionals to do that to begin with 
is problematic. Like if there is a general consensus, then that general consensus needs to be honored in practice. And if you think that the consensus is wrong, then you can do studies to prove that that can be peer reviewed, but you don't get to decide that it's wrong while practicing in your field yeah. and enforce that on your patients. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, someone tweeted the other day that if you as a physician are not prepared to create a safe environment for everyone who enters your door, whether they be white, black, trans, cis, a drug addict, or whatever the case may be, um, then you really just shouldn't be in medicine because you take an oath to, to take, to, to do no harm basically. And when you are refusing medical care to people based on, um, either fake science. Literally anything. Yeah, anything. Literally anything. <laughs> anything. If you're denying people medical care, then you are doing harm. Um, and I know, and I know before anyone gets on my ass, I know that there are situations where you have to deny medical care because of insurance reasons, but that is um, a whole different subject <laughs> uh, because the, the American healthcare system and the way that our insurance works is really, really fucked up. Uh, I once had to go into the emergency room and pay $400 for them to stick an IV in me, tell me they didn't know what was wrong with me, and send me out the door. So, trust me, I get it. I know that's wrong. But um, the, the, the moral of the story is J.K. Rowling is an ass. She hates trans people. She can say all she wants, that she has friends who are trans and that she, you know, whatever, and that she's concerned about lesbians. I don't give a shit. She is transphobic, she's ill-informed, and she is using her platform to do harm to people. And that I cannot abide by. So you know what? Where Stephanie Meyer stands now. Wait. Also, concerned about lesbians? Really? Yeah, so she claimed that uh, some trans men are being pressured into transitioning because they are actually just butch lesbians. Which, like, okay, I have... Okay, first of all... I've heard the opposite of that plenty of times where trans men are trying to transition and people are telling them you're just a butch lesbian because it's easier in today's climate. It's become more accepted to be a lesbian than, to be than it is to be trans because trans is still a more fringe issue. Yeah. But on top of that, I, I have heard cases of that happening. But that doesn't mean there's an issue with transgender people overall. Like, what? even if that was something that happened, how does that make it wrong that people transition? That's not a valid point. I, so I shouldn't transition because somebody else was pressured to, even though I feel the need to? That doesn't add up. <laughs> doesn't accomplish anything. It all, I know that there, there's also the whole like trans women uh, insult lesbians or like bisexual or pansexual women and basically demean them for not being willing to have sexual encounters with them while they aren't fully transitioned. And I'm like, no. No, like, yeah, I'm sure there are cases of it happening. Yeah. As with everything. Like, there's always going to be a because there's crazy people. But once again, I am one of the people that fully grasps, hey, I'm a trans woman. I still have a penis. 
And if somebody isn't okay with that. Yeah, we discussed it last episode. Yeah, I'm not going to expect them to have a sexual encounter with me. Yeah. And I don't think poorly of them for that. Yeah. Because I, I get it. I also don't like that. So why would I expect somebody else to deal with it? Nobody's expecting yeah, nobody anyone is, to reasonably tolerate that. This idea, this like prevailing <laughs> idea that LGBTQIA plus people are trying to force their sexuality on anyone that these conservatives and homophobes and transphobes have and always have had is absolutely ridiculous. I would never choose to be attracted to the same sex specifically because it literally is nothing but making your life more difficult. Yeah. Being and pansexual has not made my life easier by any means. If anything, it just means that I have the constant knowledge that there are people out there who are against me and would do me harm if they knew who I was underneath the surface. I, when I, shortly after I started transitioning officially, and I would go out sometimes, I go out by myself a lot. And I carried, like, a backpack purse and stuff with me. And every time I would think, like, you know, I'm in Texas. And for the first time, I really grasped the, like, concepts that I've heard about white privilege and stuff. Where I was like, there are people that want to see me dead. Specifically because of what I am. And if somebody was unstable enough that saw me out in public... And figured it out. I could just die. Yeah. They could pull a gun on me and kill me if they wanted to. Because that's... Is it likely? Mm, Probably not. But it happens. And that's a terrifying prospect that I now have to live with every day. (laughs) So, um, in conclusion to our TED Talk on trans rights being Yeah, I think we're going to... We should take this, cut it, and then make it like a supplementary episode. Because this has been such a long conversation. I... Yeah, it's been about 12 minutes of us talking, at least 12 minutes of us talking about this. So I definitely think that we should probably cut it out and um, we'll keep the audio of it and, I don't know, put it up somewhere else, maybe on Twitter or something. Yeah. Um, But I do think it's important that we note J.K. Rowling sucks, Stephanie Meyer, um, I don't want to say she's great. Sucks less. <laughs> she sucks less. She hasn't been super fucking outspoken trying to get trans people's rights taken yeah. away. Let's say that. She does donate yeah. a healthy amount <laughs> of her money and income to the Mormon church, which is specifically against homosexuality. But... We could go... There is a <laughs> letter that was released a couple years back with hundreds of verified uh, facts about crazy, immoral shit that the Mormon church does, including anti-LGBTQIA stuff Mm -hmm. that we could go into. And it could be its whole own episode. So... Yeah, donating to them is problematic in and of itself. <laughs> you are right. Um, I do think we should actually get into the episode now. Yes, yes. Let's actually discuss chapters 21 through epilogue. Chapter epilogue. Um, 